everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. It's minute 45, which I have beginning with your girlfriend from the internet. That's who the X-File is supposed to meet this weekend. Right. And I have it going through the girl who just stepped in gum, mm-hmm. then like putting her foot down on the letter. Yes. It's a great ending to a minute. Like it's a it's yeah, it almost really a, a newsies in uh-huh. style. Like uh, newsies had lots of great transitions. Go listen to yeah. newsies minute. It's a good time. Yeah. Um So then X file number two, I've reestablished knowing who they are because I'm listening to the show. X file number two says, yeah, but she has some photo shoot in Fiji for like a catalog or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, X file number one says, oh man, that sucks. And X-File number two says, yeah, it's just the price you pay for dating Christy Turlington. <laughs> Which is, and that's the scene. That is a hilarious, like, little vignette and as, like, a scene mm-hmm. change. Um, yep. That would be the kind of stuff that I would love to to write. I would love to write, like, like if you and I are um, Harry Alfont and Deborah Kaplan, you mm-hmm. as Deborah Kaplan can do most of the work, and then I'll... <laughs> I'll write these little funny little vignettes and then my name will come first in the credits because of the patriarchy. So mm-hmm. I researched Fiji. Um, okay. Just, just kidding. Dismantle the patriarchy. Um, I'm not kidding because that's how it uh, may have happened. But anyways. Um, so Fiji, I only took a couple of notes. It's uh, northeast of New Zealand. Um, okay. Which I guess I always pictured Fiji as just in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with literally nothing around it and no way to tell where it is. Yeah, I think um, I always kind of pictured it somewhere between Hawaii and Japan. Right. Yeah, it's um it's more like it's more like uh you know, uh right next to New Zealand. It's like 1100 yeah. miles away from New Zealand. Not a I also picture the Philippines somewhere in the middle of the ocean between Hawaii and Japan. And I don't think that's where it is. (laughs) Aunt Sarah, our Aunt Sarah, um, Uh lived in Guam for a time. And it's right there with Fiji and and the Philippines, I think. Really? Yeah. My next door neighbor growing up was stationed in Guam for a while. And I thought that it was down in like the Caribbean. I did not take world geography. Hey, listen, I did. (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, and the other note i took uh, that felt pertinent is that fiji fiji is 16 hours ahead of us so right now in fiji it is 5 p.m wednesday night um well yeah so uh the big notes i took were uh on christy turlington which anyone who knows me at all uh could have probably predicted um yep Chrissy Turlington, who I constantly spelled with an I-E ending to her, her name, but it is with a Y, so don't get that twisted like I did. Uh, she would have been 29 at the time of this movie, uh, okay. which is not bad. I mean, that's like a little, an 11-year difference. It's yeah. not horrible for a fake girlfriend. I mean, a real girlfriend. It's for sure a real thing. Definitely um, a real girlfriend. <laughs> uh, Grace Coddington, the longtime creative director at, of the of Vogue, uh, American Vogue, uh, has described her as, quote, the most beautiful woman in the world. Um, okay. And I wrote that down partially because it's, a, wow, what a thing to say, and partially because when I originally read it, um, I read it wrong, like I do with basically everything I read, uh, that Christy Turlington was the longtime editor of the American Vogue. And, oh, gotcha. Uh, okay. That is not true. 
Um, she is married to Edward Burns, uh, which I didn't okay. know. Um, I know him from the movie Confidence, but I don't know if you know him from something else. I think I know him from 27 Dresses. Was did he, he in 27 Dresses? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. I think he did. Who was the yeah. Who was the main love interest in 27 Dresses? Was it him? No, it was uh, James Marsden. Right. Was, the, was the, the, the jaded right, the right. reporter. Right. And we are getting into uh, Edward Burns. Yep. And hey, Judy yeah. Greer. Huh. Yeah, she was great in that. Judy Greer's great in everything. I'm looking at pictures of Christy Turlington right now, and she's a lovely woman. Yeah. But I don't know that I would say she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Like, she's just a very attractive woman. She's, like, I could I could see her, at, like, shopping at Target. Yeah. She's yeah. not, she doesn't have, like, she doesn't have anything in particular about her that makes her stand out as anything other than just a really pretty kind of all-american looking girl i and i think so i think a couple of things uh from what i read about her like her quotes and whatever that's pretty much who she is i think she's good Shopping at Target feels correct for Christy Turlington. Um, yeah. Like, I can a... completely see her pushing the cart around with a Starbucks yeah. in hand. Yeah. Big, and big sunglasses. Like, mm-hmm. And kind of, like, desperately searching for the pink composition book that mm. her daughter is insisting she has to have for math class. Because they said composition book, and it has to be pink so she'll know it's hers. It's not like I've had this conversation with any of my children recently, um, <laughs> but she's just like, she's over it. She's like, you know what? I don't care if the teacher said it has to be a wide ruled pink composition book. She's getting college ruled because that is the only pink one that they have. And I care more about whether or not my child will be mad at me than I do about whether or not the teacher will be mad at me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that that is good, especially because I have recently had the college ruled versus wide ruled inner debate myself yep. and I did come to the conclusion that they will fail, fail school forever if I give them college rules. So um, Christy Turlington in your mind is doing like way better than, than uh, real James is in terms did, of college rule. <laughs> I did definitely spend slightly more for a wide ruled brain brand, a wide ruled brand name notebook than yeah. the identical college ruled target brand notebook just because I do know Kaylee's handwriting and I don't, I mean, she doesn't pay attention to the lines anyway. And I right. think that would be even more obvious in college ruled. It turns out Matt's handwriting is small and lovely. I didn't realize oh. that. Yeah. Um, Kaylee's is uh, varied in both size and direction the letters mm. are facing and um, legibility. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in in his time since I've been paying attention, he uh, really, really got very caring about um, that. About his, he got meticulous about his uh-huh. handwriting too. Um, That's okay. awesome. Kaylee may as well be writing with her toes. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with her. Um, so there was a rumor that Bono gave her away at her wedding. Um, okay. He did not. He it says Bono was there. He's her good friend. They're good friends. Okay. Okay. Um, she said, Bono was there, of course, but I gave myself away. I mean, I was 25 weeks pregnant at the time. Eddie met me halfway down the aisle. Like, she seems <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, so they have two kids, uh, Grace, who is 17, 16 or 17 now, and Finn, who is 
uh, 13 or 14 now. Um, She started smoking at 13 uh, and was smoking a pack a a day by 16. Um, She quit smoking at 26. And then in 2000, when she was 31, she uh, got diagnosed with early stage emphysema. So uh, don't smoke. Uh, It fucking sucks. And you don't look as cool as you think. Um, Yeah, for real. Uh, just really quick, um, she was one in the 90s. She was one of five people. I think there were, at, in, in the early 90s, there were only five people that were technically supermodels. And Christy Charlington yes. was one of them. Um, it was like I her, thought that, Cindy Crawford. Uh, Naomi and, Campbell, I think. I, I, I thought that supermodels was just the, it might be Claudia Schiffer. Let me see. There's there, It was like, there were five that were like, this is the only... Uh, I'm just so, assuming Cindy Crawford. She might it looks not like be. Cindy Crawford, Christy Turlington, Linda Evangelista, Naomi Campbell, and Tatiana Patsitz. Uh So anyways, she was one of the original supermodels. So that's okay. something. Um, just a couple more things. She started in 2010. She started a nonprofit called Every Mother Counts, devoted to making pregnancy and childbirth safe for every mother. It informs, engages, and mobilizes new audiences to... New, new audiences to take action and raise funds that support maternal health programs around the world. It was founded after she completed the documentary No Woman, No Cry, a film about pregnant women and their caregivers, and their caregivers in Tanzania, Bangladesh, Guatemala, and the United States. Uh, in 2013, she directed the documentary Every Mile, Every Mother, which explores Every Mother Counts' participation in long-distance running to highlight distance from healthcare providers as barriers to women receiving quality care. Um, okay. So that's kind of cool. Uh in July of 1998, to get back to our movie, um, Naomi Campbell released a TV special where she went to South Africa with some of her friends, like Kate Moss and Christy Turlington. I mm-hmm. could not find when that was filmed. Okay. Um, but it may be that she was actually in South Africa in June of 1998 and not okay. in uh, Fiji, as she told her boyfriend, X-File number two. Yeah. So the one lie in this was that she was probably not in Fiji, and uh, that is all I have for Christy Turlington, who seems like a cool woman. Um, yeah. Yeah. So then I have, it cuts from that brief little scene to, it cuts to Preston driving down the, the empty city streets as Love Hurts by Nazareth uh, starts playing. Yep. My note says Preston is sad hyphen driving hyphen around. Sad Correct. driving around. <laughs> right. Correct. Um, this Love Hurts is a little bit like Mandy slash Brandy uh, in that it was written, it originally was introduced uh, on an Everly Brothers album in 1960 called A Date with the Everly Brothers. Then Roy Orbison covered it. <laughs> then Emmy Lou Harris and Graham Parsons covered it, but it didn't make it. They they didn't release that song. It was released later after Parson di- Parsons died. Um and then uh, Jennifer Warnes released her version in 1976. I think Jennifer Warnes is someone that was on either the Dirty Dancing or Flashdance soundtrack. And so then in 75, Nazareth, uh, who is a hard rock band, I think they're English, but maybe they're American, uh, released, they took the song to number 10, in the top 10 in 1975, and it hit number one in Norway and the Netherlands. Um, this is, I thought you'd get a kick out of this. Uh, the lyrics of the song remained unchanged on all versions up until Nazareth's 1975 recording, where the original line, Love is like a stove, it burns you when it's hot, was changed to, Love is like a flame, it burns you when it's hot. 
Hey, Nazareth, great job. Stove is not a sexy or romantic word in any sense. Agreed. Um. <laughs> Agreed. But also, kind like, I'm surprised it took that long for that change to be made. Right? Everyone, Graham Parsons, Emily Lou Harris, all these amazing singer-songwriters are like, no, nah, it's like a stove. That makes sense to me. That really speaks to me. <laughs> Emily Lou Harris looks over at her stove like, yeah, that is true. Yeah, that did burn me last week. Ouch. Stove. (laughs) (laughs) Emily Harris, great songwriter, (laughs) poor cook, um, bad kitchen safety. (laughs) So uh, Nazareth's Love Hurts uh, hilariously, and I didn't didn't get this joke up until I was taking these notes. The radio DJ comes on and says, this is a dedication from Hope to Ken. And he says, it's about love. Mm-hmm. And I I took it because I am sometimes guilty of like, um, God only knows was like the theme at my cousin's wedding. And I was like, why, why would you have a song that starts? I may not always love you as the theme to your wedding. And she's like the closest my cousin Jesse has ever come to saying, Hey idiot. She's like, mm-hmm. uh, listen to any of the other lyrics in that song. Yeah. It's, it, so I was being a, a dumbass in that case. So sure. I made sure that I wasn't being a dumbass in this case. And it wasn't like, love hurts, but you make it all worthwhile, baby, or whatever. And yeah. it is not that. Uh, I quoted a line here. Love is just a lie made to make you blue is repeated over and over. So this is a hilarious thing to have dedicated as a song. It's about love. Yeah. Uh, that is great. And this DJ who is playing Barry Manilow and Nazareth on the same night. Well, maybe not on the same night. Maybe that's two different radio stations. But Huntington's radio station uh, quality is both in the du- in the gutter and also somehow incredibly on point yeah Um. (laughs) i love it so then we have a transition i forgot about our transitions but Uh we do have another transition one more preston reaches over to change the dial on the radio um because it is 1998 and that is something that you still did um i guess you still do that now um i don't necessarily but some people do uh and his his hand blocks the camera Mm mm-hmm and then your book girl unblocks the camera as she takes the lid off that same trash heap uh, pile, searching yep. for her yearbook. Yep, saying um, maybe somebody threw it out. You don't throw away a yearbook. You're supposed to cherish it forever. To which someone in the background yells, "Shut up!" Which was hilarious. <laughs> that it's not. That is not in the uh, transcript. It. I love I, it. My notes say "shut up," and I, I was like, "James, just remember, you're not telling her to shut up. That someone said that." So yeah, yeah it is hilarious. Um, she does indeed find her yearbook in the trash, and then she's like, "Trisha, sign my yearbook!" Like she completely <laughs> yep. like it. A little bit feels like the yearbook is a um like a talisman that is possessing her a little bit. Yeah. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah. She can't free herself until she gets all of the signatures of the senior class. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's going on here. I think this mm-hmm. is a Buffy spinoff. Can't hardly wait as a secret Buffy spinoff. Yep. Um, and that's, that's, that's it uh, forever. Um, oh, so then Preston's letter gets knocked to the ground as she has been looking through, 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 through it and all this, going through all this stuff. She runs off. Preston's letter gets knocked to the ground. As you yep. remember, it's, it's on the heap. And then Smash Mouth's Walkin' on the Sun starts playing. Again. And I wrote, Walkin' on the Sun is the official song of fate in this movie. Yeah. Whenever something happens that feels like it's being controlled by Rowan Atkinson in Love Actually, mm-hmm. Walkin' on the Sun is playing in this movie. 
Yeah. Um, which is a, a, a buck wild thing to say uh, now, but at the time, I think, I mean, I think it works. It's, it's an absolutely yeah. great song for weird things are happening, but also it's kind of SoCal rock. Like, yeah, it's perfect for that. But uh, yeah. Oh, I just have, then someone steps in gum and then the guy she's with tells her to hurry. They're already late. Yep. Um, so I have notes on gum girl and gum guy. Okay. Um, gum girl. Uh, no actress was attributed at all in the credits. She does not get to have anything at all whatsoever in the credits to this movie. Um, I felt bad about that and sort of like, what is going on? And then I was like, oh, maybe that was Deborah Kaplan again. Yeah, that's, that's that, was, that was better. my thinking. Yeah. yeah. Gum Guy, on the other hand, mm-hmm. is Johnny Whitworth. Sure is. I His apologize for spoiling that for myself earlier this week. Well, Aaron's a big Limitless fan, uh, the movie with uh, Bradley Cooper, uh, mm-hmm. and he played Vernon in that. So yep. uh, big, big deal. He also was Ray Kerrigan in the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider movie, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Such a good movie. And he was Cage Wallace in the, the TV show The 100. Yep. And those are the only things I know That's him it. from. Oh, wait, I have one other note. He was also a handsome man in seven episodes of Blind Spot, which is a show that I loved. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I forgot he played yeah. handsome man. Yeah. Oh, also, yeah. he's AJ in Empire Records. No! <gasps> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I literally did have that, like, Johnny Whitworth, why does that name sound so familiar? He's the last one credited on IMDb, yep. at least. Yep. I was like, he looks handsome. And I saw Blindspot, and I was like, oh, it must be from Blindspot. I really did. I really, honestly, truly did love Blindspot. Yeah. Um, and he was good in it, and I think I remember him in Limitless as well. Um, and then I was like, and then I scrolled down, and I was like, oh, my God. He was AJ. And then, Aaron, this morning, I was like, oh, right. And Ethan Embry was in Empire Records, too. That's how slow my brain works. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's probably how Johnny Whitworth got to be in this movie. I have to imagine that he, that he was visiting Ethan Embry on set. Ethan Embry was no fun because he was stoned out of his gourd. Yep. And um, Or Johnny he was, was a lot of fun and was like, Fair. hey, guys, let's go. Hey, let's go in the sound booth. You, right. you want you want to record a vocal track? <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Harry Alfont and Deborah Kaplan was like, "Where is he? Where has anyone seen him? Vicellus? Anyone? Anyone? No. Oh, God, did he get in the vocal booth again? Yep, they come out of it, and Johnny Whitworth has just recorded a whole bunch of vocal tracks of things you might hear at a party. Yeah, such exactly. as "Come on, we're already late," and "Shut up." Actually, it was it was a girl saying that, but Johnny Whitworth notoriously does an excellent teenage girl um, impression. Does an excellent yep. teenage girl impression. Thank you for finishing yep. Yep. that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I do so, imagine yeah. when they came out of the vocal booth that it, it they came out with a cloud of smoke as well. So that oh is... yeah, Johnny Whitworth was also super high when recording this mm-hmm. line. That's why this was the only line of his that made it into the movie is because he was unintelligible in all the rest of them. Right. And not in a fun way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he was trying to speak and keep the smoke in his mouth all at once. Right. It right. didn't work. There were lots of, I can't, oh, nice party. And like people thought, is he constipated guy? Who is <laughs> yep. this? Who yep. is this actor? Um, AJ? Um, <laughs> I, one of the least, my least favorite thing and also my favorite things is when movies uh, where actors who are famously in other movies together um, see each other and they're like they like do a like do I know you Mel Gibson mm-hmm. and Danny Glover did it in a movie that I can't think of what it was 
and I love it and I hate it because it's dumb and cloying and fan service and whatever but also it's one of my favorite things so yeah, no, I would I have love loved it. if Ethan Embry and Johnny Whitworth had had a moment of nah but uh, <laughs> that's not what kind of movie this is um, also is Johnny Whitworth is never actually physically on screen <laughs> it's wild the amount of feet acting that is in this movie isn't it yeah like there are a, a lot, lot of, of shots acting. of just feet yeah yep so. But, like, not in a gross way. But lots of, like, Nana from Muppet Babies t- style um, yeah. acting. Very so. much so, yes. So that's all I have. I think that maybe it's time to uh, do social media. Yes. Uh, so we are on Twitter as a podcast at JE underscore Minute Movies. But if you'd like to talk to us individually, you can find me at Unabashedly Aaron. I, I am at Unabashed James. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network. And hey, if you like this show or any of the other shows on the Scavengers Network, you should head over to patreon.com slash the scavengers network and consider donating to it's not really donating, I guess, because you get stuff for it. But you should consider subscribing to our Patreon for $2 a month. You get a lot of great bonus content, written bonus content, audio bonus content, bonus content from James bonus content from me, bonus content from James and me, bonus content from other people who are not James or me. All of the options. There you, there are a lot of bonus content <laughs> options and for 2 bucks a month you can get it all. Indeed, you can you can truly get it all. Um and it's I mean it is a lot of us, but that's just cuz one us. <laughs> one of our hobbies is bonus content. Yeah. Although I did check with Colin recently and he said, nope, it's it's a good amount. Keep it coming. So I'm like, great, we will. <laughs> you couldn't stop us if you tried. All right. Well, it is 1130 p.m. Mm-hmm. on a Tuesday. Yep. I have to get up tomorrow morning and manage a bunch of children. And also I have to do my Duolingo French lesson tonight. So I don't uh. lose my, I believe, 62 day streak. Which, you know, I that's that's a lot of time to put into learning French. And I don't want to lose it because time's honeys. Go lay hot dogs. Lay <laughs> hot dogs is hot dogs in French. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.